welcome back to the second and two podcast i'm your host tb i got my co-host producer extraordinaire master of the grills hat connoisseur lens crafter and enjoyer of new drinks my friend jody what's up joe what's good bro so this one right here since you brought it up is a topo chico sparkling water now i thought they were gonna be good they're not. No. This is the best okay. one. This this tangerine okay. one. So they're tangerine, made with fruit huh? juice. Yeah. Made with fruit juice. There's that one. There's a hibiscus blueberry one and a lime. The lime is whatever. There's like actual lime pieces in there. Hmm. And so it's like the, the lime's like a little much, honestly, which is kind of okay. a weird thing to say. And the other one's just like hit or miss. Like the first time I had it, I was like, nah, this ain't it. And the second time I was like, you know, this one's pretty good. So who knows on that that blue one, but the tangerine's the best. So I'm about to run out of those here soon. So we'll see what happens. I wasn't expecting a full water review tangent today to start the pod, but we got it. And now you I know. It up. Now I'm an informed shopper. So thank you for that, Joe. All right, so we're back here um, talking the draft again. Week two of our draft coverage here. We talked edge rushers at the end of last week now at the beginning of this week kind of a quick turnaround for us we're talking tight ends in this year's class and you and i were kind of talking before we got on just now overall you know you go back to last year we loved the tight ends last year i mean there were six guys that that we really liked um between luke musgrave and tucker Tucker Kraft, who both ended up with the packers laporta who's with the lions Michael Mayer, Not, who got drafted by the Raiders, Dalton, had kind of a whatever his tough last year because it Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid drafted by the by the Bills, and who are we forgetting? There's one more. You have to look at that for me, but I I know there were, we ended up we ended up reviewing six guys because we couldn't pick a top five because it was that close, but you know I, I think we really loved the tight end class last year because it was so deep. There were so many good players, and and a, a lot of them contributed as rookies. It was probably one of the best rookie tight end classes we've ever seen last year. So, yeah, true. Coming off that, and coming into twenty twenty four, it's probably unfair to this crop of tight ends that that's the standard they'll be held to. Um, and you know, we were just talking; we were both agreed this year's group is not nearly as good as last year's, but. Almost no group historically was as good as last year's. So, in fairness to this year's group, you know, we'll talk about them here coming up. But I think we can safely say not as deep, not nearly as talented all the way around. However, there is one guy that I think we both kind of agree we love. So, we can dive right in, Joe, whenever you're ready. Yeah, let's get it. So, taking off the tight ends. This week, I'll give you. I'll just keep talking while you pull it up. Uh, we got Ben. I'm assuming it's Sinat, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he's gonna be out of Kansas State. My guy sits at six four, two forty five. Played for three years. Got thirty eight games, eighty two total catches. We got uh one thousand one hundred thirty eight yards receiving, ten touchdowns receiving. You got you got those stats. I guess not for him, but I didn't know you had those ones. We got yak yards. I'm assuming are you on catch or contact? Uh, yards after after catch. Yeah. Okay, catch drops and what's the TPTS? I'd probably ask you. Yeah. That last so time. we uh, when we're looking at the tight end, some of the again, this is a 33rd team thing. So if you want advanced stats, especially on draft prospects. You know, I know some people like to go to pro football focus and sometimes those they're good, but 33rd team is one of my favorites to look at some of the advanced stats for, for these guys, for these prospects. Unfortunately for Benson uh, out of Kansas state, they don't have him in there uh, on their draft board right now. So he's not actually in there. So I couldn't get the, the yak, the drops or the, uh, the block points added essentially and I know we went through this one last year, but I, because it's uh, 
we're coming back again around this year. I'll explain because we are going to throw this metric out there with every guy to follow. The TPTS block is um, essentially a metric that measures how many points were added based on their blocking, mm. essentially, yeah, to mean. their team. So it's really a measure of what kind of, you know, a, a way to compare blocking uh, across all these guys because you really don't have blocking stats. This attempts to do that for us. So we can kind of compare, if, you know, if any of these guys are really far and away um, good blockers or not. So, but unfortunately for our guy here, he's not in 33rd team's database right now. So he, he doesn't have those extra stats that we can compare. We really just have the raw counting. So your receipt receptions, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Yeah, bet. So I don't know about you, but based off your pro comparison, I'm not trying to jump ahead a little bit, but that kind of ties into what I thought of this dude in general being that position in a sense. I have that written down in my notes. I was sitting here like 34. This guy wears 34. I was like, is he a fullback? What's going on here? But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll exp- I can explain yeah. on that. I mean, so the deal with, and, and actually one of his strengths, the first thing I wrote down when scouting him was he has extreme versatility. Um, he can line up as a fullback, which most people would categorize him as a fullback. The funny part is if you go to 33rd team's draft board, they don't have a fullback chart, right? They just have tight ends and running backs, and he didn't exist in either one. So I wonder if they're <laughs> categorizing him as a fullback, and he's not even in their database because of it. Some people would categorize him as a tight end. Some people would call him an H, but he did yeah. it all. I mean, he lined up at fullback. He lined up off the hip. He lined up as an inline tight end. He lined up out wide as a receiver. He lined up in the slot. He works well as a blocker at the point of attack, just as well as he does catching the ball as a receiver. So um, if we go through the tape right here, and and I'll take you through it right now, we'll just go through some clips. So here he is lined up out wide, bottom of the screen, right, as a receiver. He just runs a hitch route, just like a receiver would, catch, turn, get up the field, first down. Like he can do that for you. Okay, next. Now he's lined up as the second tight end off the hip. Play action, seam ball, hit him, big play. Oop, skirt, keep going. He can do that for you. Okay, let's see what else he can do. Oh, now he's in the backfield again as like the true H back. He can fake a block, get over the middle of the field, big time play. Nice. Right. Okay. Now where's he at? Oh, now he's in the slot. He can run the little hitch route against zone coverage, find the hole, do the dirty work after the catch to get the first down. So like he does a lot of things. I didn't even show him in this cut up as a true F, which you'll see later in the, in the clips here when I highlight some of the things he can do as a blocker, but um, he's super versatile. He plays all over the field, which is great. Um, in the modern NFL, you, you love seeing a guy who can do all those things. The second big thing that stands out with him is he's really strong at the catch point and he's tough after the catch. So mm-hmm. here he is again, lined up in another spot, you know, in the backfield next to the quarterback, three back set, a little full house backfield, right? Play action, seam ball. Ooh. And he hurdles a guy after the catch. Let's go. And he won't be taken to the ground because he's so freaking tough. Love that. Once again, I think he's just he's got strong hands. He's strong at the catch point. He's tough after the catch. See it again. Boom. The guy tries to separate him from the ball at the catch point. Can't do it. So I think he's really good after the catch as well as right at the catch point of just being strong and tough. And then last yeah. but not least, um, he's really good in play action pass concepts. Like I think some guys are just naturally really good at selling that they're a blocker and then getting out into the route concept. And he does that probably better than anybody else in the draft class. It feels like half his highlights are, you know, I'm going to fake a block and I'm going to get to the flat or I'm going to flake a block and then get up to the seam. 
some of the stuff we've already watched was that. Um, it works in part, though, because he is such a good blocker, first and foremost. So you'll see both of those things here on this on this cut, right, of him as a as a blocker and also in the play-action pass concepts. Here he is coming across. He's going to fake the kick out, you know, like the backside of the slicer split zone concept and then just run to the flat. And then once again, you see his toughness after the catch. But then on the flip side, you see him coming out in a space like it's going to be fly sweep, turns it up the field right away, down the seam. Oh, almost he just barely gets tripped up and he's upset about it. <laughs> but now here he is as a blocker, right? Now he's in the backfield, true F situation. And watch him on the lead block. And that's against Dallas Turner, by the way, of Alabama in the bowl game last year. Boom! Right? In the hole. Opens up a hole for his running back. So he can do all those things. Makes him super versatile as a prospect. Um, I think he's effective in terms of he could be an F, an H, or a Y in an NFL offense. And by those things, we mean like an F being a true fullback, the H being that movable tight end who can line up in the slot, the Y being the true inline guy. You'll hear me refer to Y, H, and F all the time in this because um, all these guys kind of fit different parts of that. But mm, I think he could be all three, depending on who drafts him and what their offensive scheme is and what they what they vision for envision for him. But it makes him a great modern NFL player because you can get in different formations without changing your personnel. It's part of the thing that makes Shanahan and the 49ers offense so good. And you'll see, you know, you kind of started to mention who I was comparing him to here in a second. But Part of what makes Shanahan's offense so good is he has those interchangeable parts. You know, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, those four guys can all play multiple positions on the field. Yeah, that's for sure. And do it well. So you you don't really, you can say, oh, well, they're sort of in 21 personnel because you count McCaffrey and Juszczyk as backs and Kittle as a tight end. But they could make it 22 personnel if Debo comes in as a back and check becomes a tight end, or they could make it 12, or they could make it 10, or they could make it empty, right? You know, yeah, no backs and tight ends if they lined up that way, if they wanted to. So um, the first team I thought of when I saw this guy was the 49ers, because I think he'd be a perfect fit there. And that's why his comp is who he is. But I did want to let you kind of give me more of your thoughts before I, I gave the comp. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of basically had similar things to use. So I said, yeah, the ability to stay on his feet slash yards after contact. Because yeah. I mean, you showed it right there where he wasn't getting taken down by the first dude that hit him. There was also he would get like he'd hit some dude. They would he'd bounce off of him, keep his feet going, get another like five ten yards easy. And then the other thing I said was catching traffic, which is similar to what you touched on too, where he's got. He's got the bigger frame a little bit, you know, and he would just catch it. And then as soon as he got the ball, he would bounce off a dude or drag him on a couple extra yards. So same, they kind of go hand in hand. The, those were, I didn't have many notes on him. I didn't, I tried to find more blocking clips and that that's like really hard to do with this. So it's, I don't know. People it's don't enjoy making uh, highlights of blocking. Yeah, you know, so, so those YouTube clips are far and few between. You got to go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you got to watch more of like the true game film, which it's harder again. And you want to get the angles, you know, like generally you Mm -hmm. like that behind the the tight copy of, of it. So you can really, everything was from, from the broadcast and it's like, well, I see him right there. He's out the screen. Okay. Now he, he's got the ball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No receivers. Some, uh, the evaluations can be really hard on this stuff when, when you're just watching broadcasts, tape highlights which you know sometimes you have access to what you have access to right but um yeah that definitely doesn't make it any easier um so my comp for him you know i said he'd be perfect in the niners offense my comp for him is the is kyle use right the same kind of player who can just do so many multiple things pigeonholed as a fullback but does way more Mm -hmm. than that so here he is in the 49ers offense right you see him line up as a true fullback little play action to the flat. Once again, something we saw um, Sanat do really well. And that's something Kyle Juszczyk does really well as as well. You know, slipping the block, 
getting to the flat, getting out away from the defense. Um, you know, especially when you are a really good blocker, it's it's something that's believable. Here's yeah, another true. one. You, you can barely see him in the screen right now, but he's actually in the slot up here against Seattle a couple years ago and running a fade route and just smoking a linebacker. And that's where, again, the personnel matters so much because, you know, the Seahawks in that situation are thinking, okay, it's 21 personnel, but they line up in an 11 personnel set with that guy mm-hmm. in the spot. Well, now their matchup on Juszczyk is a linebacker. You saw that's a mismatch. Yeah. Well, that's what makes him so valuable. I think that's what's going to make Benson O so, so valuable in the NFL. Is he can do similar things. Right now, he's projected to be somewhere between rounds three through five. I'm sure part of that, people are wondering what some of his combine numbers will end up looking like, right? Some of his testing. Yeah, true. Um, if he tests a little faster than people expect, maybe that becomes more of a solid round three guy. And we'll see what people think he's going to play in the NFL. My opinion is if you if you draft this kid, you want him playing all over the place. You're drafting him for the purpose of being multiple with singular personnel. You know, look for a team that, might be trying to mimic some of the Shanahan stuff to do this. So maybe a team like the Texans, right, who are already running variations of Shanahan's offense to want to have a guy like that that replicates the Kyle Juszczyk role. Or, you know, you know Sean McVay in Los Angeles is always evolving. Maybe he looks to get into mm-hmm. some stuff like that. He's already shown a propensity to do that with other players like Ben Skoranek a couple years ago. You know, now you could do it with a guy who truly is a a fullback body, but can do all those other things. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets drafted a little higher than people think, and or ends up playing a bigger role than people might expect. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, how do you feel about the Dolphins? Do you think they fit that mold too, or was I just throwing that out for fun? No, I, I mean, I, I could see that too. You know, McDaniel loves the run game and adding, being creative with how he adds blockers to it. So I, I could conceive of that as well. There's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of different guys who are running variations of what Shanahan does in terms of schematically, but can't match what he has from yeah, a personnel true. standpoint in terms of just being able to be so variable with singular personnel. Um and so, like I said, this guy may be one of those guys that helps you unlock some of that. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being more valuable than people suspect. Yeah, I get you. Let's see. The next guy that we're taking a look at today is going to be Brock Bowers out of Georgia. He's 6'4", 240. He played for three years, got 40 games there. A lot more receiving or receptions, I mean, for this guy. He's got 175. He's got... 2,500 yards and some change. We got 27 total touchdowns. He's got 1,600 yards after catch. Press only eight <laughs> drops, which is wild. Uh, and the I don't know the the letters stand for, but his blocking thing was 38. Um, yeah, his. I'm just gonna start and not, you know, make people wait on this one or what. Brock Bowers is the best tight end in this class. He's the best tight end in last year's class. <laughs> I last year's class. I was a huge proponent. I thought all those guys were going to be good, and they and pretty much for the most part they were. We saw Sam Laporta have yeah, one of the best rookie in. tight end seasons we've seen. Now, and he just ended up in such a perfect spot for himself. If Brock Bowers ends up in a spot like that in this year's draft, he'll do similar stuff. Um I feel pretty confident in saying that. I mean, his numbers are outrageous, number yeah. one. I mean, 2,500 receiving yards and 1,600 yards after catch for a tight end is, like, ungodly. I mean, he's got 27 touchdowns in three seasons. Again, for a college tight end, that's year. insane. And then he adds added value in the block. He's not, like, just a schmuck as a blocker. Like, he's a good blocker. He'll He'll – Throw his body in there. So, you, I mean, he's, you know, we, we said last year's class was incredible just because it was so deep at the top. You know, there's yeah, six true. guys that you could 
all say we're going to be NFL starting tight ends. Well, Brock Bowers, you know, this year's class isn't nearly as good as last year's, but Brock Bowers is still probably the best guy out of all of them. You know, you look at him, his first thing that stands out is his route running. He's got great understanding of how to create space versus man coverage as well as where to sit versus zone. And this is a thing that just like young, there there seem to be at every position specific things that young guys always struggle with. Last week we talked about with pass rushers. It was how to use your hands. With ends and young receivers, it's finding soft spots, creating space for yourself in Mm -hmm. zone. And that looks very different than man. Right, it just it is. And man, you're trying to lean on guys and run away from them. And zone, you're trying to find. You got to be smart enough to understand what the coverage is and where are the holes, where are the soft spots, and run yourself into those areas and stop, or you know, slow play yourself into that that hole that's gonna open. Right, it may not be open right now, yeah, but true. by the time the quarterback's gonna get to you in his read, it's open at that moment. Right, and just all of that understanding, he's good enough that. He does both of those things really well, which is so rare to find in a young player at this position. And that makes it tough to game plan for him because he pairs his athleticism with a great understanding of football, right? Yeah, that's for sure. So you look at him here, and this is in the game this year against um, Auburn. They're playing a zone coverage, but he just finds the soft spot behind the backers in front of the safety, Then does his thing after the catch. Once again, you get zone coverage here over the backers, under the safety, in the middle of the field. He loves to live there. But then, you know, he can also do this against man coverage and just run away from you. He understands how to create space for himself, when to use his athleticism to run away from guys, when to use his instincts and his smarts to put himself in the right spot versus the zone. Um the next thing is obviously the yak. Like I could give you the numbers, <laughs> 1,600 yards after the catch, more than half his receiving yards are after the catch, right? He probably caught more screen passes for a tight end than I've ever seen on film. Like he's just, <laughs> but it's because he's so elite after the catch. They're just trying to get him touches. I mean, shoot, they gave him handoffs sometimes, you know? Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> and it's just because he's elusive, he's explosive, he's tough, powerful through contact. He's he's pretty much a nightmare for defenders to tackle is the easiest way to describe it. Um, here he is in the national championship, you know, not this year, but the, the year before, obviously. Running to the flat, catch at the line of scrimmage, just behind the line of scrimmage, but he's going to take this and turn it into a 20-yard play because he's just so good after the catch. He's so good through contact. Once again, another catch behind the, the line, line of scrimmage, scrimmage. Yeah. he's going to turn it into a touchdown, right? So... He's very good at taking the one-yard, zero-yard, negative one-yard throw and making it a big play because of his ability after the catch. It stands out big time. And then last but not least, his body control is impressive. You know, he he has really good balance at the high point of catches as well as, you know, after the catch. We talked about why he's so good after the catch. Well, he also has great balance and body control as he's moving in and out of traffic through tacklers and to go up and get the ball. Um, You see it here against Florida. He gets a one-on-one situation. And on the bottom of the screen there. And you know where they're going, right? And he's going to go up and over. You know, he's going to go back shoulder. He's going to be able to go get that. Once again, it goes right through the defender. Defender's trying to rake it from him. Doesn't matter. He's going to hold on to that. Here you go in the national championship once again. You're going to go up and over a defender to get a fade ball, seam fade ball. Going to go get that. I mean, there's plenty of those kinds of clips on film as well where he'll go yeah, up and you. get the ball too. So um, he's really about as close to a complete tight end prospect as we've probably seen in quite some time. Like I said, I loved Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer last year. And I, I think I like Brock Bowers just like that much more because <laughs> he, I mean, his just what he's done in three years at Georgia, I don't think yeah, we've impressive. seen so, just from a tight end to be able to dominate a game like that in the college game is so impressive. And it was, it was so good that they just, they did so many different things with him. Um, but 
Go ahead, Joe. I've, I've talked about this guy for, you know, probably too long. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have similar notes again. Obviously, I word them different, but I said he was strong. So what I mean by that was like it was more in tune of like when he would catch it at the line of scrimmage, right? You said when he finds a soft spot, he would get the ball. Or I shouldn't say the line of scrimmage. I mean the, the yard to gain. And, or the line to gain, and he would catch it. Someone would, like, wrap him up, and he would fight for the extra yard, get the first or whatever, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. focus kind of ties into your last uh, your last point where he would find the ball. You know, he had the back shoulder going up and over people. I think that's kind of where I was going with that. And then talked about this fool. I have his quads written down. My guy was Ooh. out here, just rolled the pants up above yeah. his knee. Like uh, my man needs to need to be a little more cautious about his about his body. Godzilla. I mean, <laughs> considering my dude got hurt, you know what I mean. Like I take care of the body, bro. That's what that's what earns you the money. Start there. No you know I mean? doubt. No doubt. Um. So I'll give you the comp right now. It's probably, you know, last year. One of the, you know, I didn't give out a comp like this, you know, in terms of the tight ends. Let's let you know how much I think of this guy. I'm comparing him to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I thought so the same thing. But I was like, is that lofty? I was like, I don't know. And then I looked it's, at your it, comp. It, definitely, I, like, I guess it works. Kelsey, Kelsey at this point is put himself in the convo of like, he's definitely a top five tight end of all time. And now you're starting to get into the conversation of like, does he belong up there when you're talking about Rushmore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is he in the top three, top two? I don't know where he, but he's got to be at least top five. And so if I'm giving him this guy a top five tight end comp, I mean, that's, yeah, come on. It's not really fair. (laughs) Just like if you watch him move and the way he plays, he reminds me of Kelsey, like his craftiness through zone, athleticism to get through man, the 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 yards after the catch. Like all that stuff, a little bit of that extra swagger, Bowers has all that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. The only thing you could say, Kelsey's a little bit bigger, but I think Bowers makes up for that with just a teensy bit more athleticism. Yeah, I was gonna say he looks so a little faster. I, I could right see there. him having a Travis Kelsey like impact on a team though, as he comes into his prime. You know, and so I, I'm excited to see who drafts him. Because yeah. I think that's going to be a big part of it. I mean, he's going to be a mismatch nightmare as probably an H-style tight end, which means he'll move a bunch. He'll be the guy who's off the line of scrimmage. Sometimes he'll be in the slot. He'll be out wide, kind of playing the Kelsey role. I mean, that's what Kelsey yeah, does, right? Say. We rarely see Kelsey like truly in-line tight end a whole lot. He does it sometimes, but he's like more in the slot, more as an H. He does all that stuff. Um going to allow him to move around the formations in the backfield split out all that good stuff i I am really excited to see you draft some because definitely i just think he could be that kind of weapon who's that fifth pick i don't even uh is it arizona maybe um i can't remember off the top of my head but i've seen him mocked anywhere from picks five to 18 does mm-hmm. not seem like he's going to get out of the teens. It doesn't seem like he's <laughs> going to be there in the 20s from everything you see right now. The the guess is he's probably that back half of the top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. It that would be sense. my guess because he's that good. And I think he'll add that much value as a tight end weapon. So I'm excited to see, like I said, who takes him and what they do with him in their offense. But if he goes to the right team with the right play caller – we we could see a really good career. Yeah, no doubt. The so next guy we're going to take a look at, someone you know very well probably, he's A.J. Barner out of Michigan. He sits at 6'6", 251, played for three years. I'm, he hit the portal because he played his first two years at Indiana. Let's see, he's got 42 games in those three years, 63 catches, 613 yards, five touchdowns, 275 yards after catch. We got two drops and his blocking numbers at 30. Yeah. AJ Barner, really productive player for Indiana in terms of, you know, giving them a, a legitimate tight end threat for three years. And then he, and then that last year transferred over to Michigan, helped them win a national championship. And believe it or not, was their second tight end, really the first tight end, Colston Loveland. 
is a sophomore this year, true sophomore, won't be able to come out for the draft until next year. Uh-huh. Um, and he's even better than AJ Barner, which <laughs> so for the people who like AJ Barner, just wait for Colston Loveland a year from now. But you look at him, the first thing that stands out, he's 6'6, 251. Yeah. Um, that's a huge target for quarterbacks, whether Definitely. you know he's catching a, a rough throw over the middle or you know he's going over a defender on the sideline. It's a it's a QB friendly guy. So here you go. We'll just look at some of his his better catches with that size and frame. Here he is as an H off the ball. You're gonna get a little play action by Indiana, throwing it over the middle against Minnesota. He's gonna go up and over the guy to go get it. Catches it on the defender's back. Yeah, because he's six six. <laughs> Can't say that enough. Okay, here's another one. He's at the bottom of the screens, flexed out wide. Slant, he, the, the corner just is going to lose that matchup from the jump. Yeah. Right? Because he's just so big. Here you go again in the slot this time up top. Once again, he's just running a little glance ball. He's, his target's so big that you can't cover him. Here he's again in the middle. He's going to even get a little push off. Now playing for Michigan against Nebraska and the new threads. And si- same result, though. So as a quarterback, it's a great feeling to see that 6'6 target and knowing you can put it up here above defenders instead of here at the level of defenders and that that body is going to box out and shield to make a lot of those catches. And then the second part of it is his hands. Mm -hmm. Um, He's extremely reliable. The guy only had two career drops. He didn't have any in his junior and senior seasons. His last year at Indiana and this year at Michigan didn't have a drop. Um, 33rd team credited him with catching 95% of on-target throws and 92% of catchable throws in 2023 for Michigan. So on-target, they defined as without having to leave the body to catch it. That's where the ball is. And catchable is within that catchable radius versus, you know, uncatchable would be obviously way beyond your body. But – um, so he caught over 90% of throws that were essentially on the money. He's going to catch them and he's not going to drop them. The only way he's not catching it is if that defender finds a way to separate him from the ball. And that just doesn't happen obviously very often <laughs> because of that frame. So he catches everything. You look at him here for Michigan against his old team, Indiana. They're going to get a little double move, stutter, go throw it up and over. He's going to go get it on the back shoulder on the sideline. Big time stuff. You know he loved that against his former team. Not watching quarterback tape, but McCarthy put this on the money. <laughs> All right, here you go again. He torched Michigan State. Here he is in the in the slot down here. You see him? Little little escape action in the uh scramble drill. He's gonna go get it. You know, he's getting killed at the catch, but it doesn't matter. He's gonna catch it anyway, because once again size, frame, strength of the hands, all that stuff's going to be good enough to get the job done, even though he's getting hit in the air while he's catching it. Here we go again, bottom of the screen on the nub side. And he's going to get you know, decked again on the catch. It doesn't matter. He's going to catch it, and then he's going to get up and signal first down, right? That's yeah. what you want. That's what you want in a reliable tight end. And then those last but not least. Right there, I had that he, he's going to find the soft spot. So he kind of highlighted those on the, the last play right there. Where yep. the the first one he he found the spot obviously JJ McCarthy was scrambling so he he flowed with them and then that, the play after same thing found the spot got it turned up field but yeah that was one of my notes and then I had the size as well that you talked about in the beginning I had that same exact thing just he's just bigger than everyone stands out you know yes yes uh, and I mean the last thing too he's a good blocker. Like, he's a tough blocker, right? He does the dirty work. He has no problem. Here he is, again, they love putting him on that nub side by himself and then running Blake Corum right behind him. He's blocking JT Tuamalu from uh, Ohio State, one of their better edge players. And look, he's winning that battle against an edge player, an edge defender right now. Winning, digging him out, helps block that side off so Blake Corum can cut back and score a touchdown. Once again... Winning versus that defensive end, outside linebacker, edge player. 
What a cut right there, though, huh? <laughs> We're not talking running backs yet either, but we will. Don't you worry. All right, here he is. Once again, blocking for Blake Corum. He's going to go seal up on a backer, and that's an angry block. That's a mean block. He finishes putting him on the ground. A little bit of that like O-line nasty finishing streak that you love to see. Um, I love it when a tight end has that little bit of extra like, hey, I can be an O-lineman on a play or two as well. Yeah, yeah. So – He's kind of that old school true why. You don't see many of these yeah. guys as much. That's and awesome. he should be good enough as both a blocker and a pass rusher that it'll give the team that drafts him some flexibility and some two tight end sets. He's probably a second tight end early on um, because his frame gives him the potential to be greater. I think there's still some areas of development for him, but he's got a lot of things that you like that yeah, will sure. allow him to play early and then develop into something possibly greater down the road. Right now he's like a fifth to sixth round projection. I see him as akin to a guy the Rams took um yeah, about had the same eight years too. ago. Tyler Higby, right? Kind of that bigger, burlier prospect. Maybe not as athletic as some of these other guys, but does a really good job of um catching the, the available balls that are thrown to him doing something with the ball once he's got it in his hands, and also blocking. Doesn't mind being a blocker. So here you go, Tyler Higby with the Rams. That big frame, right, on that crossing route that we talked about over the middle, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I saw started. It made me think of Higby just because right he has that same kind of frame that you put it on him, and he's yeah. going to catch it more often than not. Reliable dude, you know. Um, And just, once again, Higby not afraid to do the dirty work and and get the first down after the catch as well. And that's a lot of what A.J. Barner will do for you. So is he as elite in terms of as a prospect with the ceiling that some of the guys we've seen come out last year? Probably not, but I think he's a, a solid player that will play early for a team that drafts him. Yeah, so looking ahead, our next dude we're taking a look at is going to be Jatavion Sanders out of Texas. He's 6'4", 243. I realized last one it was four years and not three, so I botched that one. But he he played three years, <laughs> 30 games there. Got 99 receptions. Let's see, we got 1,295 yards with seven touchdowns, 647 of those yards. So about half, basically, is going to be yards after catch. He had five drops. And his blocking number sits at 30. Yeah, so this is uh, another really well-rounded prospect that I do like. The big thing that stands out about Jatavion Sanders is if you look through his tape and then you match it to the stats, which is generally how I like to do it, watch the tape first, then Uh see the stats and see if they mirror, you know, if the two things match up. Um, and, And in his case, they did. I remember writing just explosive playmaker, right? Yeah. Just watching through yeah, the tape. You. And he was. He was a big-time playmaker in the Texas offense each of the last two seasons. He recorded a catch of 20-plus yards and more than half of his games in that span. Dang. So that's what I talk about, seeing the tape, then going and checking the stats, and you're like, yep, that matches, that marries up. It's incredible how often he seemed to be just wide open 20 yards down the field. <laughs> I, and credit to Steve Sarkeesian, I think, because some of it is scheme, you know, and the, and the way that they scheme up play designs. But some of it is also Jatavion Sanders. It's just the ability to not only get himself open, but do something with it after the catch. Here he is running down the middle of the field against Rice. You can see they're going to hit him right now on the pop pass, make yeah. one guy miss, and then he's got enough speed that he's going to score on that. Yeah, that's, that's an that was one of play. my notes was right there was speed, especially from that play. I mean, my dude was gone after he caught that. Yep. Now, because he's a bigger dude and he's a tight end, he may not have the short area quickness and acceleration to get to top end speed like a yeah. receiver might. But if you let, give him a long runway like that, he's, he's going to go. Yeah, he's yeah. going to go. Here he is again against Baylor. Boom. Catch it. And you give him the long runway and he gets rumbling, 
you know, good luck trying to tackle him, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, when they talk about LeBron with a head of steam on the fast break, like good luck stopping him. You know, it's a similar deal here. Here we go yeah, against Alabama. Decisions. Once again, wide open. I couldn't believe how many times I saw this, just wide open down the middle of the field. And now watch him be a playmaker with the ball in his hands afterwards. Once again, this yeah, is against Alabama. Right, right? So, you know. Those of you who are like, oh, the first play was against Rice. Well, that one was against Alabama. <laughs> so it looked the same no matter who he was playing, okay? Um, the next big thing then, which is a unique thing, I, I don't think I've ever thought this watching other receivers or tight ends, but this is the first time I thought it. He's really uniquely gifted at playing out of structure. And by that, I mean um, when quarterbacks scramble and get out of the pocket, he's really good about making himself available. Um, you know, it's usually something we only talk about specific to quarterbacks. Oh, can the guy play in and out of structure, which just mm-hmm. means can he make the first play and also create the play that isn't there. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's an underrated pat trait for pass catchers too. You know, a lot of times you, you drill scramble drill and you have certain rules built in like, okay, if you're a vertical, you come back, right. If you're, mm-hmm. A short route, you turn yours up and go vertical. If you're on the sideline, come back to the middle, you know, or make obviously you're going to run to the path of the side the quarterback is scrambling on, XYZ, right? Whatever, however, you want to yeah. define your rules as a scramble drill. But what Sanders does is you, you just, it seemed like every time Quinn Ewers got out of the pocket the last two years, he found Jatavion Sanders. The ball just seemed to find him. So he was really good at making himself available, like I said. So here you go. Give you some clips of it. You know, this is him against Texas Tech this year. Um, Once again, Ewers gets out of the pocket. He runs with him. Puts himself on the sideline. Goes and makes the catch. Big time play. Here he is in the college football playoff against UW. Once again, Ewers is scrambling. Go and make a play. Make yourself available. So he does that really extremely well. Um, It's something that you know, if I was a team that had a, a quarterback that loves to play out of structure, heavily consider drafting this guy because he clearly understands how to do it and make himself available to that quarterback. And then last but not least, he has a large catch radius. You know, even though we just talked about A.J. Barner being 6'6", Javion yeah. Sanders is smaller than him at 6'4". The guy plays, feels like bigger than 6'4". 6'4 is not small <laughs> by any means, right? But it just feels like oh, he plays is- like he's 6'8". When you watch him go make some of these catches, he's such a superb athlete that it makes it so his catch radius is basically quarterbacks can, th- can throw it anywhere in his vicinity and he can go get it. Um, it makes him a mismatch for most linebackers and safeties who can't match that length and verticality, right? So once mm-hmm. again, here he is. He's going to pick on West Virginia in the red zone, one on one against the corner who has no shot, and then. The throw's a little high. doesn't matter. He's going to go up and get it anyway. Right? He's going to go make his quarterback look good. Here we go again against Oklahoma. Now, that's one where, like, the ball is on him. He didn't necessarily have to go out of his body to catch it, but he gets dinged as soon as he catches it, and it doesn't matter, right? So he can catch it anywhere on the body, take a body blow and absorb it, and it doesn't matter. And then you see another one where now he's going to have to go up and get it in the end zone, and yeah. he does with a defender draped all over him, and he's going to go, you know, go get it to help them smoke Oklahoma a couple years ago. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of good things that you like with Jatavion Sanders. I mean, I think in through all of that, you know, you can see the the athleticism as well, obviously the explosiveness that we highlighted. But um, Joe, did you have any other thoughts there too? Uh yeah, I talked about his hand size. So basically, I guess it kind of ties in with the large cast radius. I'd say it. Basically, I I saw like multiple one handers that he had just like yeah in in his highlight reel where it was just like it was far ahead. He he stuck his arm out, got it like nothing. Just it seemed like his hands were massive, and it it, it was impressive. There's sure. the one against uh, Rice where he just sticks his hand out, catches it. Yeah. Doesn't know the safety's coming at him, right? You know what I'm yeah. talking about. He oh, just when he shakes his hand so, after, yeah, he shakes his hand yeah. afterwards because it was yeah. like he didn't even know, and he caught it one-handed, ran right into a safety, and got yeah. absolutely blown up. But yeah, made caught. the catch though; it doesn't bother him. Yes, my guy. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I like watching that from him. 
So when you look at who he is, I think he projects really similarly to Jonu Smith, plays for the Falcons right now, has played for the Titans and the Patriots in his career, earned a couple nice contracts at this point. But here you go. Here's a, here's a clip of him with the Titans, I think, three years ago. Um, he's playing that H position. He's going to kind of fake the block, get out on the route. Now, this just reminded me of, of Jatavion Sanders because somehow he ends up wide open 20 yards down the field. But then also <laughs> what he does after the catch, the explosion, right, and the ability to like run by a lot of guys and almost run through that last tackler to get to the end zone. But just the build, the explosiveness after the catch for a tight end, it's pretty impressive and it's stark. And that's why I think the Jonu Smith comp was was pretty good because very similar type guys in terms of athleticism for the tight end position give you a lot of things there. Um, How would you feel about a Darren Waller comp? Uh, uh, I can't speak on the thing, blocking, but... I think Waller is a little bit longer and Jatavian Sanders is like thicker. Okay. You know, like Waller is sort of a... He's like a thinner, longer tight end that like yeah. sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe not quite as explosive as an athlete as as uh-huh. Sanders, but like he just he's longer and a little bit savvier. Okay. Um I think last year the guy who I compared to Waller was Dalton Kincaid. Uh, out of okay. out of Utah, yeah, who yeah. ended up getting drafted to Buffalo. But I mean, I don't, I don't hate the comp. I think I just kind of was giving you the reasons why maybe I didn't go that yeah. way. In terms of what Sanders can do for an offense, I think he's an every down tight end. Should start right away for the team that drafts him. He can work as an on the line Y. He's actually probably best in the slot as a receiving threat. Very much so akin to John U. Smith. Similar. That guy's most explosive when you're putting him in the slot or off the hip. So mm-hmm. that's what you're getting with, with Jatavion Sanders. He's right now projected in real late first round, might sneak in the first round. Likely a second round pick is what, what you're seeing in mocks right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's see, the last guy we're taking a look at tonight is going to be Theo Johnson out of Penn State. He's 6'6", 257. It's another big dude. He played for four years. Got 42 games there, 76 catches with 937 yards. Let's see, he's got 12 touchdowns during that time with 422 yards after the catch. So a little less than half. He's got six drops, and his blocking is a little bit lower on this number at 25. Yeah, so um, Theo Johnson, you know, he's huge at 6'6", 257, but still a fairly athletic dude. Um, and which which is something that is is really impressive, but even more impressive is he generally has a lot of reps on his tape where he creates separations from defenders at the top of the route because he uses his frame and that burst to set him up and then run away from him. Right. So his route yeah. running, especially against man coverage, is really good. Um, it's a, it's a definite plus for me. Here he is against Michigan in the red zone. He's going to set that defender up with the release, get back inside, and then use that frame to shield him off to make the catch for a touchdown. Right, This is against the national championship winning defense there. (laughs) Now he's going against Michigan State. Once again, bottom of the screen here. You see him set the defender up. Look inside. He's going to stick there. But then where is he going to get back to? The corner. The corner route. Wide open. Right into the red zone, inside the 10. Great play. Now, once again, from the nub side at the top, he's just going to run away from the defender, get himself open into the end zone. Big-time play. So he his route running was was really impressive to me. I mean, I saw some people who thought, you know, maybe the opposite. But from what I watched, I thought he did a lot of really good things that allowed him to use his size to box defenders out. And he just won at the top of the route a mm-hmm. lot of the time. And And I thought his route running was a plus. Then you combine that with the, the pure athleticism, which I mentioned, and you can see that all over his tape too. This one's against Indiana this year. He's in the slot in the red zone. He's going to take it outside and around the defender and then go up and get it, right? It's a little bit behind him. He's going to have to go up, around, 
Back shoulder in the air, convert to catch. Big time play. Here's one in the middle of the field. He's kind of got to go down to get this one on a third down. Really impressive catch. Huge play against Michigan State. This is in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago against Utah, that crazy game. Now he's at the out wide at the um, the point of the bunch. Going to run the seam ball. Catch it with the defender in his face and keep going. And then this one might be his most athletic play of all. Comes <laughs> as the backside slicer out, of the, out into the flat. Going to catch the flat ball and then run from the 20 and hurdle his way, you know, basically front flip his way into the end zone. So a dude who's 6'6 that can do all that, that's impressive. That, that to me says, okay, your ceiling's pretty high because you yeah. can do all that at 6'6", 257. You know, not a lot of guys can do that. You can't really coach that stuff. And then last but not least, you know, his blocking numbers are maybe a little lower compared to some of the other guys. But I thought his blocking at the point of attack um, was, was pretty good. You know, he's reliable enough as a blocker that Penn State chose to run behind him a lot. He opened up a lot of holes for the backs. Once again, we return to the Rose Bowl against Utah. Here he is. They're going to follow right behind him on this third and short. It's going to go all the way for a touchdown, and it's right behind his block. It's a pancake. <laughs> Smoke that linebacker. Touchdown. Gone. I mean, we're talking like an 80-yard touchdown here. Yeah, true. Boom. Right? So I thought his blocking at the point of attack on a play like that was, was impressive as well. Reminds me of Hunter Henry. A little bit, right? Um, playing for the Patriots right now. Played for the Chargers at one time. This play that I'm going to show you, you know, for his comp, it, it's similar to a play I just showed you earlier. He In the red zone, right? Going to run that seam. Going to take it up and around him. Then go up and adjust to the ball in the air. Make the catch in the end zone. Just very similar shades. Hunter Henry is actually, I think, an inch shorter. Maybe like a, a teensy bit smaller than, than Theo Johnson. But similar athletic makeup and build in my mind. Um, can do a lot of similar things savvy um, as a route runner too, just like Theo Johnson. So um, a lot of things to like there, but um, Joe, what would you think? Yeah, for me, so I wrote down that he had like nice vision. It kind of, that last play from the athleticism tape where he goes up and over, where he gets yeah. the ball, like realize he could just take the scene. I think there's a play, like play or two after that, where he like cut it up, bounced like, Made a cut, went up the middle, and then, like, I don't know. But you know, he had yeah, good vision when he was about. running he make, with the ball. He had to make, like, three different cuts yeah. to get to the – yeah, I got you. And then I also talked about – I wrote down he was the smartest of the tight ends. I think with that I meant in terms of, like, getting out of bounds, you know. I think we saw mm -hmm. a lot of these dudes fighting to get extra yards up the field. <laughs> like, they could have easily just ran out of bounds, you know, take their first down, but instead they're fighting back trying to get extra yards and then getting tackled like for an extra like three yards you know what i mean so i think he he was more consistent in like just making the smart play of just i'm gonna get out of bounds keep the ball rolling you know no i think he's uh if you look at right now he's projected to be like a fifth or sixth round guy um so once again we, we really have one true first round prospect in this class and then a lot of guys who are kind of mid to later round guys from from a lot of the projections right now and while i know he's raw overall i think he still has a lot of skills that make him very intriguing because he is well-rounded he's athletic shows some route running savvy i think he's a second tight end early on but he has top end talent to become mm -hmm. more of a mismatch down the road in my opinion so you, yeah you put all that together i think that that makes him really intriguing so I think we, we got to get to rankings now, my friend. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it this time since I kind of had to make you go first last time. So for me, obviously Brock Bowers at the top. I mean, my dude, he had more than half his yards just easily after catch. My dude <laughs> has what well, he had, I think, uh, almost double the catches of some one of the dudes we looked at. So, I mean, all around just playmaker at the tight end position. The next dude I liked was A.J. Barner. I think he has a lot of potential and also, like, his size. And I think 
the fact that he was like more of a blocking dude too in a way kind of why i have him here when i typed in blocking highlights he actually had some which was nice (laughs) to see uh following that though i got jatavion sanders I i like like i said i talked about his speed and where's my notes and his hand size i think he could definitely produce for someone like in terms of being more of like a receiving tight end as opposed to blocking, which is why I got him behind AJ Barner. And then Theo Johnson, I think just, I probably got him here over Ben Sanat because like I said, he, I wrote down, he was the smartest of the tight ends making the, the right business decision of just getting out of bounds instead of taking the extra blow for a couple extra yards. And then Ben Sanat, I got him at the lowest just cause I, like I said, I think he's probably more of a fullback role as opposed to the tight end. And that but other than that, I mean he had good tangibles, just not in not in the the way I would like to view it for a tight end specifically. Dang dude. So you're saying fullbacks aren't people. That's what you're saying. I'm saying they're valued. I'll let the fullback community know. Jody is a same, fullback same. hater. <laughs> hey, I mean I kinda had that rule at one point in time. I'm not a hater. It's just you know, it, it's not not necessarily the, the guy you expect to get the ball out in space. Yeah, no, all right, dude, all right. So when I looked at it, to me, and I kind of let you know this, we were talking about this earlier, but like Brock Bowers is one far and away. He's the best tight end prospect in the draft. He He's probably one of my favorite players in the draft. And I, we haven't watched everyone yet. We haven't gotten all the way down our list and every position group and all that stuff. But I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying the, the dude is – gonna kill it he's gonna be so good and i'm so excited to see who drafts him yeah then there's a little bit of a drop off right and my second favorite guy is jatavion sanders um his athleticism is really the deal there what he can do with that six four and it's not just six four and skinny he's six four and like he's probably the best looking dude of this group i feel that i feel that and then there's a big drop off, and you get to at that third spot. I really like Ben Sanat because of the versatility. Yes, maybe he's a fullback. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the guy can do so much more. I ask the 49ers how much their offense changed when they signed Kyle Uzcheck. Yeah. And how much better they got. And tell me that there aren't probably 20 teams in the league that could use a Ben Sanat and change their offense. I'm excited to see who drafts him and what they do with him. And I just hope that they utilize him in the way in that, that he, all the different things he can do, that skill set. From there, it really falls off to me. I think those first three guys, I see the role for them. And beyond mm-hmm. those first three guys, I think it's harder. I think we're a lot more like hoping that a guy's athleticism comes through, yeah. basically. And so to me, the most intriguing at that point then was Theo Johnson because he's 6'6", but looks like he could run a 4'5", you know, or, uh-huh. and, and can jump 40 inches. So <laughs> you put like, okay, this guy, he's legit. I, I think as an athlete, he is legitimate enough. And then I think, you, like you said, you know, he, he is a smart player. His route running is not bad. I, I think we put all that together. I like putting him there at four. At five, I went with A.J. Barner over some of the other guys that I'll I'll give you as my honorable mentions, specifically because A.J. Barner, he's sure-handed, reliable, and then he's also 6'6". Probably not Mm -hmm. as athletic as Theo Johnson, but he is that big frame, so I think it gives him a a big chance to succeed. And then some other guys that I liked, I liked Jared Wiley at TCU. Cade Stover at Ohio State was a very reliable player as well. Austin Stogner at Oklahoma, he got had an injury that kind of set him back. And then Dallin Holker from Colorado State, who more people are trying to are starting to talk about. He's an intriguing one too. I think all those guys are right in line with AJ Barner and Theo Johnson. They're all kind of I mean, the gap between four, five, and honorable mentions <laughs> and three and four to me is it it's closer between four through honorable mentions in my mind. Mm. So all those guys are really close clumped together. We'll all probably be drafted in similar areas that fifth through sixth round. It sounds like unless some testing things makes people really freak out, which 
it does every year. So right. we'll get combine numbers and this will all get blown up. But um, I, I think right now that's what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, the combine number is always fun to watch because you can see the speed that people always talk about or maybe they had an impressive vert, which is like, oh, man, this guy can go up and get a ball at that that height. And then you also get to see, you know, the uh, my favorite drill watching, at least for the like people who catch the ball, is when, when they got to run across the entire field, you know, they go back and forth, and they got to make one at the sideline, see if they could get up field. I like that one the most for those <laughs> You're people. You're talking about the gauntlet? Is that what it's Everybody called? Everybody likes yeah. the gauntlet. um all right so that caps off our our 2024 draft preview series tight ends um we will be back with an episode next week we're going to be talking about the interior d-line guys so we'll be finishing Mm. you know we talked about the edge guys now we'll talk about the interior d-line guys finish the uh the front part of defensive um draft preview here and uh there's some intriguing names there as well that I am excited about. So make sure you guys are subscribing, you're liking, you're Definitely following, you're things. checking out our our, you know, we're doing some really good threads on some of these prospects on on X slash Twitter. Um, I know Jody's putting out some good stuff on TikTok, clipping some of these to let you see it so you can see, especially if you're someone who only listens, you may get a little bit of the uh the watching part of it from TikTok. And maybe true. you'll you'll look to explore the YouTube. I highly recommend, especially when we're going through tape on these guys of going yeah, to the YouTube definitely. and watching us break down the tape. So you really can see and hear what we're talking about with these guys. I think it helps a lot. I know a lot of you are just listening to the podcast and that's great. Um, I would highly recommend the YouTube as well to get that visual. Cause sometimes that helps, you know, not only yeah. hear it, but see it. And now you really get the prospect before we get to the draft. So yeah, so I, I I told myself I was going to mention that at the top of the episode. Clearly, I didn't. So if you listened all the way through and, you know, you missed the YouTube, I'm sorry that you can put that one on me this week. But uh, it's just different. we got our guy, Ray Ray, pulling pull, pull us home.
seeing people killing, seeing people dying off for no reason. Maybe we lost our way. I know someday we'll be okay. 